take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. What's up? Zivi Kivi here, and this is Season 9. And in this season, we are talking with some of the heroes of this industry and how they cope with the pandemic. It's a, it's a situation that affects people all over the world. And today I have the privilege of meeting my friend, Billy Damon. Billy, you've been hosting so many balloon jams and events in conventions that I was privileged to be attending and even sometimes to be a sponsor of. And you were the man. You were the guy in charge of making everyone feel welcome and making the events feel smooth and fun. And I don't know how you do it, but today we'll find out a little bit about you and your story. So hello, Billy Damon. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone at the, at the academies. <laughs> yeah, in the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Yes. Uh, so I want to ask you, Billy, like, did you start with balloons or was there anything else in the entertainment industry that you were doing? Actually, I, started, I actually started as a clown doing shows at the fairs and festivals. And then from there, I decided I wanted to be a magician. So I started doing more with the magic. And then I decided at that point when I was doing magician, people called me up going, oh, Billy, we want you to do some clowning for this. No, I'm sorry, I'm a magician. Oh, we want you to do some of that stilt walking stuff. I did. No, I'm a magician. How about some of the balloon? No, I'm a magician. And then it dawned on me, I'm throwing away all this business. From that moment on, I decided every call that comes in, can you? Yes, I can. So whatever it is, they were, how about some fire eating? Yes, I can do that. And then I call up my friend, hey, you have to teach me fire eating. And then I, and I was able to do the show. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly trying to uh, come up with new things to keep myself fresh and to be able to um, get more work. And uh, getting more work has been a little bit of a challenge lately, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's almost non-existent here in the Orlando area. So what do you do? How do you keep saying? I know you need the audience. It's like. What do you do now? Well, lately what I've been doing is I've been doing a lot of the yard art, which is the pieces that we put into the yard as the people. They're doing a lot of drive-by birthdays now. So what happens is everybody makes a little parade, and then they drive by, and the kid comes out front, and he waves everybody, and they presents down, and, and, and he gets his, his gifts that way. And that's the, the way the parties have been lately. So what we do is we decorate the front of the house. We'll put a couple of uh, stakes in the ground with birthday boy's name, his age, and whatever we can do to make it bright and colorful. And I've been doing a lot of that. I've also been doing a lot of delivery pieces. Like one of my favorite pieces, and I thank Ken Stillman for it, is the big bouquet of flowers that he does. Because I, I start with a bouquet of flowers and then I'll add different things pertaining to the people. And that'll be a delivery piece that I deliver to their home. So I've been doing a lot of that lately. It's the only work that we've been having around here. So before the pandemic, you used to do all sorts of things. What would you do before? Before the pandemic, I was more of a performer than a decor balloon artist. So I'm a magician. I do juggling. I do stilt walking, fire eating, unicycling. I did a lot of work with the Hilton Grand Vacation Resorts. There's four of them in, in Orlando area. And I do one day a week at all four of them. Then at the airport, the Orlando International Airport, 
they have a program that they were doing things for, I think I'm on Fridays, where they'll put a performer out there, especially on Fridays and the weekends, because all the people that are coming in to go on the cruises, well, when they get off the cruise, for example, they normally get off on Friday, 7 o'clock in the morning, and then they go to the airport. Well, their flight might not leave there until 6, 7 o'clock at night. So I have all these kids that are going crazy, so for looking for something to do, and the airport hired us to do different types of entertainment. One time I would have a, a juggling workshop. I bought the juggling fun spot, where I go in with spinning plates and juggling and, and scarves and balancing feathers and teach the kids how to juggle and stuff like that. And it's all interactive. Other times I'll be walking around doing my, my little magic show. I'll stop and I'll do a little magic show over here. I'll go down all the, a little bit ways down around the other side. I do a little bit of magic show there, and I just keep on strolling doing that. Another time we'll have my wife, Trish, who will do some face painting. My daughter, Haley, will go out there and, and do some glitter tattoos. So we always had something happening. In addition to that, I also had my, my trade shows that I would do on the weekends where I would perform, depending on what it is that they wanted, whether it's still walking or juggling or, or magic. And they would customize their performance to their product and or service so that I was able to help promote them. And of course, parties and bar mitzvahs and uh, weddings and stuff like that. All of that is done now. Done. Nothing. Nothing. All of it. For, from since when? Since my last, I think it was March 13th. So it's been four months. What did you think back then? How long did you think it will take? I knew it was going to be devastating only because of the size of it and, and the way the reactions were around here. So I knew it was going to, I had no idea it was going to be something that was going to last for, for right now. It looks like it's going to be a year that it's going to be happening before we get to some semblance of normal. Normal is never going to happen again. There will be a new normal. And it's up to me now to be able to keep my thumb on what's happening and be able to adapt to what the new normal is in order for me to keep on working. You already quite adapted uh... Immediately, like by taking those yard art trend, by jumping on that trend, was that something that was hard on the first one? Well, it actually, here's what happened. I did a weird type of, I call it like guerrilla advertising. What I did was I wanted to do something to show my appreciation to the healthcare workers and the essential workers that are out there. I remember. the The corner of my street gets a good amount of traffic. So what I did was I have all these balloons in my warehouse and nothing to do all day. So I would build different columns and different pieces and everything and put those out as my appreciation creation, a way of my showing appreciation to the people that are doing above and beyond service for us. And then I started putting it out there and I would take some pictures and I would put some pictures, post different pictures in different neighborhood groups and stuff like that just so that other, other people would be able to see it. I had a couple of the newspaper, uh, the TV news crews came over and, and took some pictures and did little pieces of it on that kind of thing. And that started building awareness to the point where people started to call me going, hey, that's really cool. Can you do something like that for us? Because we're going to have this great parade and blah, blah, blah. And it just started happening there and just escalated to the point where I have other corporate clients. There's a company called, was it Compassionate Care? that I do work for, and they supply product and nurses to all the different senior developments, the senior living, the assisted living developments. So what they would do is they would have maybe five or six different 
senior centers that they would say, oh, we want you to drop off something at each of those. So I, I would make columns and everything that says, you know, thank you on behalf of Compassionate Care. Thank you for your service, everyone. And I would drop that off. And then there are many different regions, different areas. So what they would do is once they found out from this guy, I had someone else down in a whole other county go, oh, I'd like for you to do some over here. I need nine of them. I'm like, okay. And then somebody else came from another area said, oh, can you do five of them over here? Said, Absolutely. So I've been pretty busy with that. I've done probably more than 50, 60 of them so far just with that, with that one company. Wow. And it all started by you creating designs for free for celebrating uh, like appreciation and showing appreciation to the healthcare people. And it actually, like I said, guerrilla advertising. I advertised without anyone, without thinking that I was advertising, but without anyone else thinking that I was advertising. They were like, oh, what a cool thing that is. And that's the reason, the main reason why I did it was because it is a cool thing. And it's the only thing that I can do to show my appreciation because that's the only thing I can, I can do. I, it's not like I can go out and buy everyone pieces or something like that. But I can make a really nice little piece to say thank you. That's really inspiring. So what are your thoughts about the future now that you like are positioned a few months in? We're recording this in August and it's not looking good in the next few months. So like, what are some of your concerns? I think in the next few months that it is going to start loosening up a little bit. And that because right now from other people that are performing, I'm hearing about how hungry people are for entertainment. They really need to have something. They need to do something. So I know that there, the people are out there that entertainment. And I think it's going to start coming back slowly. I just recently, I guess it's about a month now, I did a show that was already previously booked back in January for um, this preparatory school. And I was going to do one show for them. And when I talked to them, I said, is the show still happening? What do you want me to reschedule? Or what would you like to do? They said, no, no, I think we're going to have to do the show. But instead of doing one show, can you break it down and do three shows? Because this way we can socially distance the kids in the theater. And so we'll have to be able to do three shows in order to get everybody in there. I was like, yes, I could do that. So what it, I was able to keep the show and build even more because instead of one show, now I'm doing three shows and give them a discount because I'm doing three shows and to show that I'm willing to work with them in these situations. And I had a, a face shield on so that the kids could see my expressions, but I still had a shield on. And every kid that came up on the stage, because I still used volunteers, I was very, very careful about not really touching anyone and handing them the props. All the props were always sanitized before and after every show. And each kid that came up onto the stage also had a mask when they came up onto the stage. So my show, people are telling me, oh, you could do, you should do a Zoom show. I'm like, well, I can't really do that because I need to interact with the kids. That's what makes the show work. That's what makes me work. I feed off of, off of that. If I know that the kids are getting into it, then I can play and have some fun. If I can't get that vibe from them, there's no place to go with the show. And a lot of the stuff that I do is interactive with the kid that's up here. But things happening to me that makes him look like a hero and everything else, that can't happen on the Zoom show. So I think it's, it's going to start coming around. I did that one show, or the three shows that I did for them. It went up really, really well. They were very happy with it. I was really happy because I actually got a chance to perform after months of not working. And I really do need to do some more. Yeah, 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 I hear you. 
Bibi, you've been doing so many things in the, throughout the years, but uh, recently you also had the opportunity to teach. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I've been, I was lucky enough to be selected to do the, the Q Corner, which is the Qualitex convention that happened online. I think we had 122 teachers or something like that from all over the world. Um, it went on for, was it 14th? No, it was even more than that, like 24 hours straight. It's not even longer. I'm not even sure now. And I was lucky enough to be one of the people to go in and be able to teach on, on that. Again, I'm teaching, but I don't get the feel from the audience. And I have no idea if they're able to keep up. Or so I'm, I'm trying to anticipate from my past classes how fast to go. Yeah. But in that situation, there are people with so many different skill levels. I know I have some people that, you know, uh, friends of mine that have been doing it forever going, all right, get to the point already. And other people going, oh, oh, slow down, slow down, slow down. Like, How do you do that? So I'm trying. I was trying to find a way in between. In addition to that, I also did a convention for the uh, Fellowship of Christian Magicians. Just had a big convention, and I was able to do some uh, class for them. Which what I did was I created a class that started with something really, really simple, went to something a little bit more intermediate, and then from there went on to something just above intermediate, not expert or anything, because the expert things you can't really do in the real world situation. Like I hate teaching people how to make something that takes four hours to make. They're never going to use it. Everything that I make has to be really quick so that you can use it. You can actually go out and make money with it right away. I like teaching because, well, when I was growing up and, and learning all of this, there were only a couple of books. I was able to learn by watching some other people, Joel Monica and Ralph Dewey and a bunch of other people. I was able to meet and watch them work and see how they did it and be able to expand on that. I uh, got a chance to work with Jerry G. Venkel, Captain Visual, and I worked with him at one of the casinos in Atlantic City. I was there for many years, 15 years in Atlantic City. And then I was able to work with all these people and, and learn, but I was only able to learn little bits and pieces. For the longest time, I was a one balloon wonder. I think any animal in the entire world, one balloon. Because that's what we—that's what I was taught, and, and that's what I learned. And then finally, upon seeing some of the other people working, I was like, "Wow!" Using more than one balloon means you can do a whole bunch of other things. So that was really eye-opening. And then I just took that ball and ran with it. And if you do look into the future, and it does open up slowly, we don't really know how slowly that might open up and loosen. What other things are you considering? Well, I think I'm still going to be doing my delivery pieces because it actually it's something that as much as I can do it, I don't really like doing it all that much because if I don't have the interaction with, with people. Um, but I can make all kinds of things and send it to them and they like it and they pay me for it. And so that's something that I can do. And then from there, I can branch out a little bit more into the core where I start making the big arches and the columns and everything else and doing all that kind of stuff, which is something that as I get older, and maybe there comes a point where I'm too old to work or to perform, I can still do the core because I can tell all the people, okay, I need you to do that, do this over here, move that over there, and I can still do that. So that's a good retirement job. Interesting. So I hope that the loosen up will not be slow and it will be fast and, and you'll have uh, your, gig, your gigs back. Sooner is better than later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. In the meantime... I want to say thank you for sharing and thank you for working hard on your ninja skills. Uh, it's really inspiring and thank you for sharing that here. 
If people want to get a hold of, you have a DVD and you have show notes from uh, a recent lecture. I have lecture notes from the FCM convention that I used to. And that's the one that I told you, it starts really simple and it has an intermediate. Yeah. And then, uh, so I have those notes available and I have my uh, DVD that has some really, really good stuff on it. Um, there's a motorcycle there that people tell me, oh my God, that's the best motorcycle I've ever seen. So people, if you're listening to this and you want to learn something awesome from Billy Damon, a walker that has been entertaining families and kids for 40 years now, you will be able to send uh, an email to Billy and get either the DVD or the show notes at billydamon.com. Is that correct? Correct. Just send me an email at billydamon.com and then I'll make everything happen from there. Sweet. I just want to say thank you, Billy, for always leading people around you, making them feel happy and comfortable in the balloon industry, in the balloon family. Your smile and energy is always uh, making other people feel just at home. So thank you for being part of my balloon family. I'll have to have you come over to the house again one more time. That was fun back then when Twist and Shout was happening in, in Orlando. That would be amazing. You have an, an amazing house and the horses and everything, just a wonderful place to be in. So I sure hope to come back soon to visit and uh, thank you for being here. And thank you guys for listening for another episode in Balloon Artist Podcast. See you next week. Bye-bye.